Chapter 20 So That Others May Thrive That was certainly Kyla Sayufelt, Coin, Henley said. He bore up under her stare more easily now, though he was as tired as a hundred-mile Atlan. The swell of power the others had felt had not come to him thanks to the Queller Ring. He'd been so soundly asleep, the devotee sent to rouse him had resorted to slapping his face, and a little more sharply than necessary. Word had gotten round about what he had supposedly done to Tia. The coin had been clear on that front. No one but those in the room for Tia's beating could know the truth. For if the coin put spies in Till's tower, surely the highest had eyes and ears in Paul's. Spin Rippa had given him an apologetic look once the devotee had scurried away. Spin Morina and I know you didn't hit that girl, she whispered as she guided him to the coin's hut. Paul burdens us only with what we must carry. Henley said nothing, lest two curious ears overhear it. Fear of spies was one of the reasons they had left the tower. The coin and a number of spinsters and devotees had accompanied him to the Vale of Paul near the north shore of Garden Island. Set between two steep hills of green and backed by a misty waterfall, the Vale held a scattering of wooden huts all perched atop stilts. The coin's hut was no different from any of the others, a one-room circular structure of bamboo with a conical thatch roof. They made do with hammocks instead of cots, great nets hanging from the ceiling, keeping the multitude of nocturnal insects off their flesh. Henley now stood in the center of her hut, hands folded in front of him. The jungle outside was a riot of insect chirps and buzzes. How do you know it was Kyla's sigh if you were quelled? she asked. He shot a glance at Spin Rippa, who had fetched him. The spinster did not know about the cats, and the coin wisely meant to keep them a secret. Henley had sought Huff's confirmation about Kyla as soon as he'd wiped enough sleep from his eyes to discover the veil in uproar over a distant Mercosine disruption. Huff, Ollie, and Nax had followed him here, keeping to the jungle and stopping frequently to hunt, eat, sleep, and groom. Kyla was still too far away from Nax to reach, though the cat was ranging east in hopes of feeling Kyla out. The slopes were particularly dangerous in that direction, infested with packs of lizards, snakes that lurked in low branches, and an infinite variety of large insects with poison stingers. Huff told him of an enormous cat, all black and the size of a hunting hound. Henley would have been skeptical of this, except Huff had sent him an image of it. Huff seemed nearly as disturbed by this discovery as Henley. Did you talk to him? Henley had asked. Her. And no, she was not willing to let me know her mind. But Huff had learned from Nax that Kyla had been very full of feeling when the Mercus swell had happened. Nax didn't know if it was good or bad feeling. She thought it might be a bad feeling, but it might be good. The coin was staring at him, expecting an answer to how he knew Kyla had been the source of the Mercus eruption. He again eyed Spinster Rippa and cleared his throat. Spin Rippa, please fetch me tea, the coin said, understanding dawning. Yes, coin. The plump spinster did not seem at all pleased to be sent away. When he was certain she was out of earshot, he said, It was Kyla. My beloved one has confirmed it. 
he touched his cheek, which was still hot from the devotee's slap of awakening. I do hope we can explain the truth about Tia someday. I'm not well thought of, obviously. The current attitude suits me fine. I don't need them becoming friends with you, acolyte. Please don't call me that. I did not volunteer to wear these robes. I was at Ori's home under the rules of princes. I don't have my letter of introduction anymore, I'm afraid. Rules of princes. The words did not taste good in her mouth, apparently. She sneered and waved her large hand, dismissing her own irritation. That is as good of a solution as we'll find, I'm afraid. You are now entered into the way of Paul under the rules of princes. Henley was surprised by the amount of relief this brought. Like dropping into a chair after a ten-mile hike and kicking off one's boots. That means you must be punished under the rules of princes. Punished for what? She answered with a slight lift of one gray eyebrow. Oh, for beating Tia during his escape. I will deal out your punishment at Paul's slate in the morning. The water there is cold and soothing. You will be glad of it. Now, this Carla Sai has foolishly lit a bonfire with her marcasine stunt. Not a merculin on Garden Island will have missed it. Do you think it happened because she was heeding your warning to flee? I don't know. Cats are unreliable messengers in the best of conditions, but Nax would know if Kyla were dead or in much pain. The coin nodded and thumbed her medallion. Spin Rippa came in with a tray. She set it on the floor and arranged a cushion for the coin's comfort. When she was done, the coin told her to go prepare a justice seat to hear Henley's crimes. This made the spinster frown, and she shot Henley a sad look as she departed. That one is loyal and good, the coin said, and very sensitive to the subtle realm. Kyla's power has shaken her badly. That queller you wear is hers. I will happily return it, he said, but there are those in the tower who will know my spark. Keep it for now. Just know that Spin Rippa suffers too. But who does not? She almost managed a smile. This Kylasai person troubles me. The medallion spins contradictions when I ask Paul's guidance. I would have her here where I can keep an eye on her. Let me go to the wall. Huff and Nax and I might be close enough to have a clear conversation with Kyla. Not likely. Paul's fifth does not share a wall with Ori's. Then what's over there? He'd never had much time to think about why the island had been divided into fifths. Fourths would make more sense. A quarter for Docktown, a quarter for each of the three ways. The coin leveled her mind-piercing gaze on him. You truly do not know? You, an educated merchant boy of Starside? My, how the way of Till has rubbed out the etchings of history. And it is right here on this island. When Henley did not figure out the puzzle, she motioned south and east. That fifth, Prince Henley, was once Kill's fifth. It is now a barren land of ash and ruin. I'm afraid that here in the Vale you are farther from Kyla than before. Then why did you have me come? Because I need you away from Till's tower. You are too important to risk. An itch infected Henley's mind. 
the harbinger of a thought he did not want to think. The way she looked at him, like he was a prized racing atlan, made him remember the way Highest Flay sometimes looked at Dun Eeples, partly afraid, partly determined. Why am I so important to you? The way of Till has their champion. The way of Paul needs one, too. Me? I wouldn't last a minute against Dun Eeples. You'd be better off recruiting Kyla. The coin finished her tea and unfolded herself, standing over him in the dim Marcus light of the hut. Her face was shadowed, but pale enough that he could see her expression. Was that sadness or pity in her eyes? She placed her huge hands on his shoulders. Becoming a champion isn't something one asks of another. It's a mantle placed upon one's shoulders by the goddess. Kyla belongs to another. You are the one Paul has chosen, whether you want to be or not. I have spun the medallion twenty times on this question. It came up smiles twenty times. I don't believe in Paul, he said. I don't believe in any of them. I only came here to escape the Hargath and to get away from Kyla. A fell storm comes, Prince Henley. The Vale offers shelter from the wind, but no matter where you go in this world, you will not find refuge from the force of destiny. It whips about you and Kyla Sai and Dunyeeples, gathering power with every passing day. Soon it will break upon the world, a fell storm of Marcusine, and the way of Paul will depend on you to see that we survive to salvage whatever remains in the aftermath. But I am not even a devotee of Paul. It makes no sense that I carry that burden, and I'm no match for either of them. Would you say your luck has been good or bad this past year? Henley laughed. Paul has made a pastime of frowning upon me. No, she merely moves you. Every nudge of bad fortune has urged you here, to this place, this moment. I spun twenty smiles upon the question. You are her champion, and that cannot be for else but good. Good, ill, Henley made a banker's balance of his hands. If Paul exists, she surely nudges me to further her own interests, not mankind's. Your mistake is that you only see your own life and, deeming it miserable, decide Paul is capricious and selfish. But look beyond yourself. Consider that you must suffer so that others may thrive, just as devotee Tia and Spin Ripper do in different measures. This woman was almost as good with dramatic pronouncements as the voluptuary in Starside. But at least back there, he'd just been a miserable boy in need of protection. Here he was a miserable boy being charged with the protection of a religious order he cared nothing about. What if I refuse? Can your heart refuse to beat? She removed her medallion from its mounting and pressed it into his hands. Go on, ask and throw. It is simple. She stepped back and cleared her cushion and tea tray to make room. The medallion was heavy, solid gold. The workings on both sides were masterpieces of coin work, sharp and clear. The goddess's face raised from the field of gold behind. The surface was warm and smooth. 
Remove your queller first, so that she might see you more clearly. It's safe here. He obeyed, cupping the ring in one hand as he hefted the medallion in the other. He considered his question carefully. The gods may be a farce, but the force of destiny had already proved to be a noticeable pressure on his choices. He decided to ask a simple and clear question, unambiguous. Am I the champion of Paul? He tossed the medallion just as the coin had done before. It struck the plank floor and rang out. After one hop, it tumbled onto its side and rolled in a slow circle, first passing the coin's feet, then his. The circle shrank as it spiraled in and in until it gave one full spin in the center of the floor and flopped onto one side. Paul smiled.